Welcome on into the first round fantasy podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Bartley, and I'm joined yet again by Justin Morsaz. What is going on, Justin? Oh, buddy, you know, what is it, 28 days left? Ooh, every day oh, gets closer dude. and closer. You know, me. I can't freaking wait. I we got a little bit of preseason action last week. We got some more games today, actually, starting here in about 30 minutes. I know normally I'm not stoked for preseason. But we, you got to remember, we didn't have one last year. Mm. And also, there's so many things that I'm interested in seeing. For example, like, I just wanted a little taste of seeing Najee Harris out there. We got that last week. Of course, I want to see these guys like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, uh, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence even. I want to see these guys in action because, you know, we normally aren't looking forward to, like, Matt Ryan in preseason. But these are rookies that we've been looking forward to for a long time um, playing. So I think it's pretty interesting also uh i don't know if you watch it at all but i um hard knocks premiered the other night um and they're covering the dallas cowboys uh that was pretty cool uh did you get a chance to check that out you know i never actually watch hard knocks but millions of people just tell me you gotta (laughs) watch it it's amazing it's a good insight but i never get around to it i'm too busy looking up some stats seeing who i'm gonna draft who i'm gonna trade for you know how it is yeah, I understand. Uh, I'm not a big Hard Knocks guy either, to be honest. I the I didn't watch it until last year for the first time because they were doing the Chargers and the uh, the Chargers and the Rams at the same time. Mm. And I had I don't even think I had HBO like other years, but th- I had HBO last year. I have it this year, so I'm able to check it out. And I just think it's interesting. Like, it's not gonna necessarily ch- affect me fantasy wise, but I think it's still cool to like. Because we don't really get to see the players with their helmets off. You know, we don't get to see their personalities. We got to see a little bit of Zeke. I'll tell you what, Zeke actually looks like a beast. He lost weight and he, like, you know how, uh, I, it's, is it fair to say that he looks like he could be a little bit out of shape last year or other years too? I mean, that was the signature Zeke party all yeah. off season take it easy, not care yeah. about preseason workouts, and then just get into shape, and he's still that good. So, uh, you know, any down hopes I had for him, it's like an extreme positive just to see him work out, get in shape. It looks yeah. like he's motivated to show everyone that last year wasn't a real deal of what's going to be going forward. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's what it is. I think everybody last year was saying, Zeke's done, Tony Pollard's going to take the job, Zeke's out of shape, and I think he was like, what? Hell no, and he got – he got into shape and I'm honestly, cause I traded away Zeke in a dynasty league and like mm. at a disc now thinking about it at a discount and what I, I should have held on. It was a bigger trade. It was, it was Zeke and Joe Burrow. And I got, I got two first round picks and Allen Robinson back. So it like, I was just, I had rookie fever. Like, like, like we like to call it. I wanted to draft those rookies. Yeah. Um, it ended, I ended up flipping one of those picks and Allen Robinson for, Justin Jefferson so I guess it led to that but still like I Zeke I still I honestly think and we'll talk about him in our rankings perfect segue um I still think he's gonna be this a very elite running back at least this year um especially if Dak stays healthy if Dak is healthy if their offensive line is healthy I think he's gonna get right back to business but I also think Tony Pollard is still gonna play a role uh because we saw how explosive he was last year. He he was incredible. Uh, there's not really any big news. Uh, I was telling this to Justin that, look, 
every fantasy outlet, they cover all these little hamstring injuries, all these little nicks and knacks happening to these players. We don't have time to cover all that. And honestly, you you can get that from those other outlets. We're here to kind of just give you, you know, uh, our opinions on situations. But so there's not anything major other than obviously Dak Prescott is was dealing with an arm issue and he's now back at back to throwing this week. So that's cool. And then the Carson Wentz thing, apparently uh, they said he could be back week one, him and Quentin Nelson. So that's all good for the, the Colts players. That's all great for the Cowboys players. We'll keep an eye on that. But typically I just want to cover stuff that's official. For example, Cam Akers out for the year. That was official. Like we can talk about the implications of that. If, you know, Rashad Bateman's banged up in camp. They say he's week to week. I don't, what can I do with that information? Not much, right? Until I know how long he's out for. But anyways, other than that, we are here to talk about our running back rankings and our discrepancies. Justin and I went ahead and we uh, we ranked our top 32 running backs. And now that, I, that I'm seeing this, because last year we only did like 25 or something. And I remember last year I was like, after 25, it was like nobody, right? But now we were looking at it this year, and even after 32, there's still guys that I wouldn't mind drafting. Like, I don't think either of us ranked uh, Jamal Williams, for example, but he's a great pickup, you know, as a fourth, fifth running back, as a handcuff or a, you know, lottery ticket, as as Justin calls him. And Justin, we need to get like a segment for you before the year starts, like your top five or 10 lottery tickets, because oh. you playing with you for the past years oh you don't want to give us all your information huh oh, I, I, i'll do it for the greater good but you know yeah. that's a lot of premium info to gather but i know, know. maybe good, we gotta add a paywall I, for that <laughs> i need the homies out there to win their league so they know what they're listening to is real so i don't mind giving that information away but there's definitely some undercovers out there that i see absolutely yeah and uh just because playing with justin for the past couple of years he he always talks about these lottery ticket guys, whether it's like a Jamal Williams. Well, you had Jamal Williams as a lottery ticket in Green Bay and now one in, in Detroit. Uh, yeah. But also, you know, guys like A.J. Dillon, Alexander Madison, those type of guys are definitely ones to look out for. Um, all righty. So as far as these rankings go, they're going to be there for redraft, first of all. So no dynasty. Those lists would look very different. Um, they're for full PPR. Uh, and I think that's all – all they need to know really uh any is there any other things we should mention like what um, would you put into your thoughts you obviously ppr right and yeah. and redraft anything else that went into your rankings uh it's more of a ranking about it, it constitutes uh timeshare over skill like some players may be ranked over higher higher than other players because they strictly would just get more of the workload not necessarily that they're better but it, it was hard to weigh on that. But PPR plays huge into it, obviously, because it's going to change from standard. But I'm a big PPR believer. I don't like standards, so I won't consider it like that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Um, all right, well, let's get into it, Justin. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and share. Let's go through. Uh, let's go ahead and list your top 10 first, and then I'll go ahead and list mine, and we can talk about those, uh, what maybe similarities and differences. All right, so first and foremost, the man, the best, the beast, the PPR legend, CMC. He's got to be number one. Even the small time he got to play, he just he's just an animal out there. It's 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 amazing. So I hope he stays healthy. He's going to win leagues, as always, uh, PPR beast. After that, 
Uh, it seems to be the consensus, but it was still difficult to put him over a couple other guys, and that's Dalvin Cook. I think last year he just went into his own. He just showed, like, he's just a strong running machine that will truck you and outrun you, and it's just awesome to watch as a Vikings fan. But I'm also going to take him because when he's healthy, when he's there, he's just the number one guy with zero sharing, basically, it seems. When it comes to goal line work, he's the man. Uh, Kamara... Even though the QB situation is awful, I talked to Joe a lot about this because I'm I'm trying to trade off of Kamara. Then he's like, don't sell undervalue. Look at what he did, even with some down games and even with some QB play that wasn't great. Uh, he's just amazing. And then this is what I think sticks out as the one-off. And I put Aaron Jones as my number four. And I know it's weird because, you know, A.J. Dillon's creeping up on the back, but like you said earlier, Jamal Williams takes a lot of heat and he's gone. And I don't think Dylan's going to take the pass catching work. So maybe Jones gets more PPR action and it just puts him over. After that, I got Zeke. We talked about getting better shape. He's looking good. I think he's going to be out to prove everyone wrong. And then after that, Derrick Henry. And it hurt putting him as number six. But I think we're in a good position as a league if Derrick Henry's your sixth running back off the board. Oh, yeah. Uh, that team is winning it all. They, uh, they're playing to win it all. He's going to give it everything to get this uh, championship in Tennessee. Uh, then after that, Austin Eckler. And this is probably the deviator from non-PR to PPR because he's just great out of the backfield catching those balls. And then number eight, I have Chubb. I like him there. It's a safe pick. I can see him finishing higher, and I can see him finishing out of the top ten, but fringe. So, He's a safe eight for me. And then Saquon is my number nine. Uh, it's been too long. I got to see it to believe it. The fact that he's top 10 for me still is impressive because we know what he can do. I just need to see it. It's too it's too much to pass on him. And then he ends up being Saquon. And you're like, damn, I, I threw it over there. Hmm. But And then to finish the top 10, this was hard. It keeps getting harder. But I put Antonio Gibson. I also think similar to uh, Zeke proving people wrong, the – the Washington football team is there to prove that they're a real contender in the NFC East. So he's going to be a big part of it. That's my top 10. Yeah, man. I, so not our top 10 and, and you could probably go through our, you know, maybe our top 13. They're not too different. Uh, but one thing I did notice is uh, honestly, and I love him, but the Antonio Gibson at 10 was a little shocking to me. You have a, him a little bit higher than me. I have him at 13, and I'll get to my list in a second. But um, and, and we will talk about your 11 through 20, but since they're right there next to each other, you have uh, him over Jonathan Taylor. And I'm yeah. curious, is this – do you think if Carson Wentz was healthy, Quentin Nelson fully healthy, no injury ever, do you think Taylor would be in a different spot? Do you think Gibson would still be ahead of him? Oh, that's the whole reason he's not up above because the offense took a major hit losing a quarterback of that stature. Not that Wentz is great, but he can be a starting quarterback in the league and moving to like, I don't know who they were talking about as backups, but overall that just hinders your offense. It's just look at when Ben DiNucci, the boy came in, it, the whole offense, just if you can't pass, if you can't uh, make plays down the field, the running game just gets stuffed. So it, the fact that he's 11, I'm still impressed off that, but he's that good. So that's the only reason I put him over other guys or under other guys. Nice. So do you notice anything in your top 10 that 
you feel very strongly about and that maybe is a little different than other people's rankings or any ADPs you're seeing out there? I guess the biggest – I'm not really a big follower on ADP because I don't like my own judgment to be skewed. But yeah. I guess I don't anticipate people putting Aaron Jones as top five and leaving people like Henry and Zeke fringe out of it. So I guess Aaron Jones at four is pretty uh, out of out of the ordinary. But I stand by it because – that offense, you know, what what they call it, it's their last dance. And you know what happens in those mm-hmm. scenarios. So uh, there's no reason why they're going to run A.J. Dillon or a second year who got little time when they're playing for a championship. They're going to run the workhorse, the guy who is probably one of the most underrated running backs in the past two, three years. So that's that's where I stand on him being my outlier of a normal top 10. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, we'll see where I have him in a second, which is not too far off. But I think he's he is underrated because he finished in the past two years. I believe he finished top five, depending on your scoring in the past two years. And he's not drafted that way. And I get it. All offseason, people were afraid because Aaron Rodgers maybe wasn't going to be back. And yes, the offense would have been, you know, much less potent without Aaron Rodgers there. But I do think there's something to be said about okay, maybe they lean on Aaron Jones a little bit more without Rodgers, and it kind of evens out. You know, the the high efficiency of the offense comes down, but his volume goes up, so mm-hmm. it kind of evens out either way. Um, so so I do I do like that Aaron Jones pick. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him a little bit there. And uh, I do have him at number six, as you'll see. So I'll go ahead and list uh, my top ten here. And uh, if you have any questions regarding my top 10, feel free to ask Justin. I, I have, I do have a couple things in there I feel strongly about. So I have Christian McCaffrey at number one. How can you not? He's, I've said this before. He's almost like having a running back and a wide receiver in one starting spot. Like that's, you can't beat that. So, uh, it's, it's insane. Dalvin cook. Look, I'm not even, I have Dalvin cook at number two. I'm not even like a huge Dalvin cook guy. He's great, but I don't ever draft him because I mean I I don't ever really start at the number two spot because in our in our main league the Beer Drinkers Unite redraft league how it works is we get to choose our draft spot so if you know we pull sticks or whatever if you get number one you get to choose what spot you want on the draft board so I'm I'm never I never ever choose number one or number two or you know I usually try to go towards the back end like number ten or twelve. And then, or I just take the best spot available at the time. And by usually, unless you get the first or second choice, number one and number 10 are gone. So uh, I never end up with Dalvin Cook on my roster. It was the point of that. Uh, But I I was just thinking about it. Like he, he has the most continuity um, to anybody else that I would have put above him. Like I thought about putting Alvin Kamara above Dalvin Cook, but I'm like, wait, Drew Brees is gone. Yes, Kamara's a beast, but how's that going to all play out? I thought about putting Zeke above him, above Dalvin Cook too, and I guess you could say Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes. So I got to put Dalvin Cook above him. Zeke, look, I we talked about how optimistic we are about him and he's in shape and all that stuff, but – I'm still, there's still question marks for me. Like I need to see it before I believe it too much. So I have to settle on Dalvin Cook because same team, same quarterback. You got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen there. Like it's, 
back to business for them. And there's no, I'm not worried about anything around Davin Cook. Like you can't really list any negatives other than his, you know, injury proneness, but that was years ago. So I'm I'm comfortable putting Davin Cook at number two. Um, uh, Alvin Kamara at number three. Derek Henry at number four, Ezekiel Elliott at number five, Aaron Jones at number six, Jonathan Taylor at number seven, Nick Chubb at number eight, and we both have Saquon Barkley at number nine, which I also noticed that too uh, last night when I was looking at it. Pretty crazy mm. or earlier today. And this might be a big surprise. Uh, I have Najee Harris at number 10. And uh, I just think – and I, I think I need to address that because I don't see Najee Harris in a lot of people's top 10. Uh, he's he you have him pretty high though. I think you have him at 13 or so 12 12. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we people talk about all the time and and we say it too. It's like, is the player talented? Obviously, all these guys are super freaking talented, like elite athletes, all these um, literally all of them, but especially like these top 20 guys, right? Or, you know, the top tier guys that we're drafting to be our RB ones. They're all talented, but Najee Harris is super talented. He's big. He can catch passes. He's drafted by the Steelers. Another thing is we talk about volume. The Steelers want a workhorse running back. We've seen these past couple years since Le'Veon Bell left and was was no longer there anymore. I mean, he he hasn't been good since he's left, but since Le'Veon Bell left, I mean, they had James Conner for one year, and they used him as a workhorse. But he wasn't able to handle that workload after that. And I think that's what they want. That's like you still have the coach Tomlin there. You still have Ben there. Like that's their identity. They want that. So he's going to get the opportunity. I'm not worried about anybody there in Pittsburgh stealing touches from Najee Harris. So he's going to get the volume. Well, yes, maybe, you know, some, some of these other guys, if they were, you know, put in the right situation, could be better than him. I just think that. Najee Harris is going to get too much volume and he's too talented. One knock people say is that the offensive line is terrible in Pittsburgh. And yes, that is a factor. But to me, when it really comes down to it, like those are all ancillary things. Like we talked about with Jonathan Taylor with Quentin Nelson being out. Yes, that does affect his playing ability and his ability to score fantasy points ultimately. But if you're talented and you get the opportunity, you're going to get it done. And I, that's what I, that's how I feel about Najee Harris. Um, like we said, you're not too far off, but maybe, uh, is it crazy that I have him at number 10? No, no, it's, uh, it's reasonable because they drafted him to be the guy. He was the first running back off the board. And I also think that even though the offensive line might not be amazing, he's a good pass catching back. And also the receivers that they have, they're not going to have the luxury of blitzing a whole lot against Pittsburgh without being yeah. burnt. So I don't think the box is going to be stuffed a lot. So it can make up, it can counterbalance the bad offensive line, if that makes sense. But again, a rookie's a rookie. It's going to be hard to predict, but uh, he wasn't taken first off the board for uh, no good reason. So I trust that he's going to be better. Uh, and as you get to this part, a lot of them are interchangeable preference, but uh, of course, yeah, ten to fifteen seems reasonable for Najee. Yeah, I agree, and I, I like that point that you brought up. Is like, yes, a great offensive line helps a running back, but if you're a pass catching running back, which Najee, he's not. Don't get me wrong, he's not a JD McKissick or or something like that, but he's a very capable pass catching running back. So what's going to happen? We saw 
that Ben Roethlisberger was making short passes last year and throwing, getting rid of the ball very quickly because he does not like getting hit. So what's going to happen when he, when they get blitzed or whatever, or the the play breaks down and he's get rid of the ball real quick. I think Najee Harris is going to get a lot of passing work as well. So that's another reason. And look, I don't want to go too crazy with Najee Harris. Like last year, the whole industry went insane with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We saw it. He was drafted in the first round in redraft leagues, which is insane. We don't need to get there with Najee Harris. But and just because he's ranked top ten running back doesn't mean he's a top ten pick overall. I like Najee in the second round, maybe beginning of the third round, depending on how your team shakes out. Um, before we move on to our eleven through twenties, Justin, was there anything else in my top ten that shocked you? I mean, it's pretty much most of the same guys. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting you have JT all the way at seven. Like, having him up there is not crazy, but it seems very high for the changes that happen. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Wentz come back a little early and he doesn't miss a beat. But as of right now, if I were to draft, I would think twice before drafting him that early. But he's that good, so it's tough. It's really tough for this year. Yeah, and so – I'm glad you mentioned the drafting part because I, what better way to do your ranks than if I were drafting today and I were on the clock and I had to choose these running backs, how would I, who would I choose? And that's kind of how I did my, my rankings. I was like, okay, if I had the number one pick and I, for some reason I was only choosing a running back, I would take McCaffrey. Okay. If I had the number two pick, I'd take cook. And obviously we're not including other positions, but I just looked at it as if I need a running back and I'm on the clock, who's the next guy I would take. That's not, ranked above that spot so jonathan taylor to me i initially was going to have him lower like kind of like you do but then i was thinking about it. it's kind of like the same thing with Najee harris it's like okay and kind of the same thing with aaron jones with with aaron Rodgers. is like okay carson wentz being there was going to help the offense overall and he probably going to lead to um jonathan taylor just being more efficient on and uh, as well as offensive linemen being there but when it comes down to it, I just think he's going to get it done because he's so damn talented, honestly. And also, uh, the the one thing that does worry me, even more than Wentz and Quentin Nelson being out, is the way that Frank Reich used his running backs last year with how it was such a committee. And it, it wasn't just another guy. It wasn't like Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. It was like four guys. Um, and like Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. And now Marlon Mack is back too. Look, he's coming off a major injury, but they brought him back. I'd feel a lot better if, if they didn't bring him back. Like if, if Naheem Hines was the only guy behind Taylor or Wilkins was the only guy behind Taylor, I think we'd be talking about him like top four, but I think it's too much committee. So I got to meet someone in the middle. So I, I like Jonathan Taylor at number seven. I don't blame anybody for taking Nick Chubb above him. Saquon scares the hell out of me with his injury history because, and look, if Saquon was fully healthy, no issues at all, I think he'd be number two on everybody's list, to be honest, Uh, number two or three. I I think he really would. So I don't like, I don't blame us uh, for having him that high, but he's also a a very risky pick. Um, All right, Justin, I'll go ahead and pull up your 11 through 20, but go ahead and start listening off if you can. Real quick, the one interesting else part is that you have Eckler so low. I think uh, he's going to win leagues this year. I, I really do. But, you know, that's a, that's a, something I'm Yeah, so I was – so I have him at 11, which 
and we'll talk about it because uh, have him there. But I'm I was shocked to see him pretty high on your list because you and I have had multiple conversations about Eckler, and in years past you haven't been the biggest fan. Not that you don't like him, but you know when we're talking trades or something like that, it didn't seem like you valued him too much. But to be fair, he was banged up last year. You didn't know what his situation was going to be. You didn't know when he was coming back, things like that. So so I don't blame you there. Yeah, it's it's just hard for me. I like my running backs to run and catch, and he's not the best runner in the world. So it's hard for me to yeah. want that guy. But, I mean, when your stats are proven, it's kind of like I I missed the ball a couple times by not getting him, and I don't want that to happen on a good year for the Chargers. So that's where I stand on him. Absolutely, and I think if you remember when he came back, he was targeted so much by Justin Herbert. One game he had like 16 targets. So I can't wait. It's kind of like when he – it's kind of like with CMC. Like once they're in and they're healthy, it's right back to business. There's no easing them back in or anything like that. Um, all right, Justin. So let's go uh, right. year 11 through 20. 11 through 20, I start with JT. Uh, you know, as we said, if Wentz was there, he'd be bumped up. But I think it's a pretty safe pick right there. After that, rookie Najee, the same reasons. He's going to be the guy. He's going to do it, but bad O-line and a rookie. I don't like to go high on rookies. Mm-hmm. And then I think – I'm not sure where the ADP is on David Montgomery, but, I mean, as much as you don't want to like him, as much as the stats seem odd to you, as much as all the bad games he's had, what he did at the tail end or maybe just the second half of last season was – winning leagues for people like winning games to get into the playoffs and carry them through i don't want to miss the boat and i think <laughs> with who did they announce who's starting as quarterback for for the bears it's supposed to be andy dalton week one uh, it's not going to be andy dalton uh for the whole year either way i don't think, i don't think so either i think they're going to invest more in david montgomery now that he's a bit a bit veteran in him so i like him at 13. And then I think the biggest surprise, and I'm not saying this because I lost Eckler, I mean, Akers and Dynasty, but Henderson. I, I just think that team is better all around and their offense is going to be improved from when they had Goff. And it's going to relate to better mm-hmm. uh, running back production, if that makes sense. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Henderson vultured a lot of touchdowns on the goal line last year. Is that right? Was that him? Uh, well, it was Malcolm Brown. Brown. Oh, Malcolm yeah. Brown, that's right. Okay, okay. But still, the point is to be made. I think he's going to get more more goal line uh, options this year. And then 15, J.K. Dobbins. I like him. I don't love him. I think he fits right there in the middle of the pack. And uh, it's going to be hard to have a high, high ceiling with Lamar Jackson running the ball a lot and getting a lot of scores on his feet. And then after that, I got Chris Carson. And it, it, it hurt me to put Carson at 16 because I love him. He, he's a workhorse beast. Granted, a couple ages on his on his back, a couple uh, injuries slowed him down a little bit. But I like that team. I like his production. It wouldn't surprise me if he finishes fringe top 10. And then 17, Gaskin. Uh, they didn't draft a running back. They didn't bring any competition. I think he's still the main back over there. And I hope Tua gets it going. That allows more room for Gaskin to grow in the passing game too. But uh, at 17, I like him there. And then 18, Miles Sanders. And it felt weird putting him at eight at 18. It really did. But with Jalen Hurts coming in and a little bit more competition in the backfield, it, it popped him down a couple knots. And then 
I noticed this guy wasn't even on your list, and I'm really yeah. Why. I, I just realized this that fake or uh, on purpose? No, 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 no. I I didn't I didn't rank him purposely. Purpose? Yeah. Oh, okay, so mm -hmm. it's a good conversation. I got James Robinson at 19, and it makes me sick that I have to put him at 19 because I wish I could put him in top 12. But with Etienne coming in, and they signed uh, Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Oh, it's just gross. It's really gross. But yeah. I, I do believe that he's going to be the main back and maybe a couple of vultures from Hyde on the goal line, but I think he's going to be the primary goal line back. And uh, Etienne's going to play all third downs pretty much. So that that really limits Robinson. I don't think Etienne's going to do better than him this year, maybe in the future, but Robinson still was great last year. And then to round it off at 20 was Swift. And I'm not sure where you put Swift, if you even ranked him. But no, I did. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't see him, but anyways. Uh, oh, I must. Swift. If he's not, then it's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Double check it. But I put Swift as 20 because he would have had higher upside. But with the addition of Jamal Williams, that's. I don't think you signed Jamal Williams. And I don't think Jamal Williams signed somewhere that he's not a lead back without the promise of him getting a lot of catch work and run to begin. Yeah. With. I have so, Swift at 17. So oh, okay, okay. not too far off from you, yeah. I think I didn't get your updated list, but either way, I'll, I'll get it right here. But Swift at 20 for me seems safe. His his ceiling kind of got capped, but I think he would be a nice uh, RB to have on your roster. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so the thing with your list, uh, I think the biggest thing for us to talk about is probably James Robinson because – and I also, I also have Gaskin pretty uh, – let me see where I had Gaskin. I have Miles Gaskin at 29. Yeah, you have him. And you have Gaskin at 17. And then you have Robinson at 19. And I don't have him ranked. So I think we got to talk yeah. about this here. And this is the discrepancies that I'm talking about on the show. So let's talk about Miles Gaskin. So you have him at 17, 29. That's a huge gap. Yeah. Now, to be fair, uh, you know, I didn't, it was very hard for me to rank Gaskin because he is the starting running back. But I just don't think it's going to last all year long. And I don't think that he's going to hold up necessarily. And we saw it last year. He had a great stretch, goes out. They bring Salvin Ahmed in, and Salvin Ahmed does really well. And then Miles Gaskin comes back and plays well again. So I just think it's going to be a little bit more of that. But you have the TD Vulture King himself there, who we were just talking about, in Malcolm Brown. Uh, he's just there to ruin fantasy managers' days uh for teams so i just think look i i don't buy into miles gaskin as a he got a lot of touches last year like in the in the high double uh double digits or whatever but i just don't think that he's gonna hold up all year and be the primary starting running back all year long i think we're gonna see you know uh malcolm brown in there i think we're gonna see uh ahmed in there so i just i don't feel comfortable like a lot of people have him as their RB2 or RB3, um, and and I just – I wouldn't be happy with that. And I know, Justin, you have him in the Dynasty League, but you you inherited that team, so it's like you just were given what you were given. But uh, – and what you have Akers and Taylor, so you're, you're doing pretty good until Akers went down. But uh, I just – I don't know, man. And honestly, Miami, I think it's more also that I don't believe in Miami and their offense – Honestly, like I know they have they upgraded their wide receiver and core significantly, but I got it. I just I don't think that Tua is gonna be able to support a, a high 
end, like a RB2 running back. And I also just think that their offensive line could definitely improve. So I, I'm definitely out on Miles Gaskin because he always gets drafted before I have a chance to draft him. James Robinson. Now, look, I, and we'll, we'll see this later on in my list, but I actually ranked a lot of rookies in my, in my uh, top 32, which means their competition on the, on their own team, all three rookies that I ranked in my top 32, the guy who's ahead of them, like Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon, James Robinson didn't get ranked in my list. And I know this might be bold cause, but basically with those guys and I'm talking and I have Travis Etienne ranked, I think that these guys are going to take the job sooner than later in the year. And then even if those, those Mostert and Gordon start as the starters, I think they're going to either get injured or they're going to be outplayed and these rookies are going to take over. So that, that is why I have rookies ranked these three rookies ranked and I don't have their competition ranked. So I, look, I, it might be a silly mistake and me having too much optimism with the rookies, to be honest. And it's probably true, but I just, it's a gut feeling for me. I think these guys were drafted with high capital to take over these roles. I, I hear you. And I'm going to sell you on Gaskin because although somewhat, I believe what you're saying is their mm -hmm. offense is going to have some troubles. I want you to understand this. He did not play all year last year, not only because injury, but when they started the year, it was Brita and Howard being the one too. And I think Balazs was on the team, but anyways, yeah, that's true. He wasn't even a thought. And then he came on mid, early mid, and he just was really yeah, an awesome undrafted guy. rookie. Yeah. So I think as the starting running back, you may have the TD hog over there, but he only got three touchdowns on the ground last year. Like it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like he was making or breaking his year. If you told me he starts 16 games, he doesn't get injured. I think he has well over three rushing touchdowns. And he only had 41 catches on 47 receptions. So if I just inflate that to a whole year, I'm not really worried about Ahmed stealing time from him, just natural like relief work. And okay, Brown may get some uh, goal line work, but it's that's not Gaskin doesn't make his bread on bread and butter getting goal line carries for touchdowns. So true. If that even changes slightly, wow, that's a boost for him. But I think as the number one guy, uh, I think he's undisputed the number one guy if Ahmed would have won that job when he got injured then we would have seen the difference but I haven't heard any news saying that Gaskin lost his starting job there's a reason and they had the opportunity to draft a rookie running back to help relieve spots but they didn't that tells me that they like him they trust him so I'm a I'm a big believer that he's going to finish better than most everyone thinks because the whole small guy factor plays too much of a role in in today's offense I, I think so no that's fair and to me yeah that's that's really fair and people and i've mentioned that too because a lot of people say like oh you know these guys are too small like etn's too small but look at alvin kamara he's a pretty small guy <laughs> and i mean he's ripped because he works out but he's a pretty small guy and he holds up for, for the most part so i don't think we can hold that against him and look you, you you're probably right i just don't I know when I'm drafting, I'll take these other guys over 
uh, Miles Gaskin for sure. Uh, I'm uh, excited to hear your 11 to 20 right now because we have <laughs> some differences more than just that. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go ahead and go through it. So I have Austin Eckler at number 11, Joe Mixon at number 12. I have Antonio Gibson at number 13, David Montgomery at number 14, J.K. Dobbins at number 15, Clyde Edward Teller at number 16, DeAndre Swift at number 17, Chris Carson at number 18, Daryl Henderson at number 19, and Miles Sanders at number 20. Now, I do want to talk about David Montgomery. You mentioned him a little bit already, and I'll actually admit that your rankings, when I saw your rankings, it made me reevaluate my David Montgomery. I mean, I had him at like 16, or I had him at, I think I had him at 17 uh, prior to this, uh, prior to changing it. And I've been the guy, you know, promote, like, you know, screaming that David Montgomery is underrated this whole offseason. I've been that guy, and I was like, wait a minute. Justin has him that high. I got to like kind of reevaluate. And it just made me think like, look, I like Dobbins a lot. I like Clyde Edwards Hilaire a lot. I like DeAndre Swift a lot. But, and, and maybe if I'm, you know, a GM and I need to draft a guy to be my running back on my team, maybe I take one of those guys over David Montgomery, like in, in real football, but in fantasy football, what have I talked about the, in this episode a lot is volume. And look, J.K. Dobbins is going to split work with with Gus Edwards and important work, not just not just like a Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick situation where they they split a specific thing like pass catching. Uh, Jake Gus Edwards is going to come in and take a lot of work. He's competing with Lamar Jackson for rushing touches and goal line work. So, and look, we saw the disappointment with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, and. Swift is just in a t- on a terrible team it, that could benefit him because he gets so much passing volume. But I don't have that many question marks with David Montgomery. No, he's not the best running back in the league. Those three guys might be more talented than him, but he's the guy. And a lot of people were saying Terry Cohen's back. The coach loves him. Terry Cohen is injured going into the year. He's on the as last time I checked, he's on the PUP list, and they don't even think he's going to be ready to start the year. And so a lot of people say, oh, David Montgomery had an easy schedule and he got a lot of passing work because Cohen's out. So Cohen's not going to be there to start the year. Part, a big chunk of his easy schedule is playing the Packers and playing the Lions. Who does he play every year, twice a year, the Packers and the Lions, who I, I don't think they, either of them significantly improved their defenses uh, their rush, their running defense, I should say. Um, so that easy schedule comment actually, to me, or the easy schedule argument actually helps my argument, in my opinion, because he's playing those same teams again. And I believe he also did very well against Minnesota, at least in in one of those games. So I just, I just think this guy receives too much hate. He's starting to catch up a little bit. Like I used to see him going way late in drafts, but people are starting to smarten up a little bit and take him a little bit higher. But I just, you know, you talked about David Montgomery a little bit too, but I, yeah, I, I can't like, if it's just redraft and I might even take these other guys above him in dynasty, you know, Dobbins, CH Swift. But if I need a guy this year, it's David Montgomery. And I'm, I'm hundred percent comfortable having David Montgomery as my running back. I was my RB two, And it's really good strategy if you want to go if you want to take a a running back in the first round and then you grab 
an elite wide receiver like a Tyree Kill or a uh, Calvin Ridley or a Metcalf or something like that in the second round, then you could even take a tight end. I mean, I know Waller is like not at practice and we don't know why, but let's just say you start with, you know, you get Derrick Henry, you get Metcalf, you get Waller, and then you come around on the fourth round and you get David Montgomery. I'm stoked about that team, to be honest, because you, yes, you can take a Joe Mixon or Austin Eckler in the second round, but, you know, but you're missing out on having a, a pretty even team with, with your wide receivers and your tight ends. So I, I'm comfortable. Look, he's not the ideal RB2, but I think he's going to get it done at least as an RB2, in my opinion. So you you were kind of hesitant towards that comment, Justin. So what what are you thinking there? It sounds it sounds awful, but statistically, it's the right move. I just have a really really hard time taking David Montgomery over better wide receivers, and that's draft strategy to me. But if I had to go with a running back and he was my RB two. I would try to trade to get a better RB2, but that's just wishful thinking. It just doesn't – I'm not sure how their offense is going to fully come together, but um, it's all on quarterback play to me. But I like him. I just don't love it. You know what I mean? No, I totally understand. And I – like, I get it. You look at your team and you see him as your RB2. It's not sexy, but – I think it gets it done, to be honest. So, and and I've noticed this in a couple mock drafts and stuff I've done. I've done a couple real drafts, and it's like he falls comfortably. Where even like, and I know there's some really good wide receivers in the fourth round, or even he's slipped to the fifth round in some in some leagues. And like, if you can have like three running backs and whatever a wide receiver and a tight end or a tight end. In, in that third spot in the first four rounds and David Montgomery is your third running back. I, I think that's great. And I think he's, I think he's going to outperform a RB three. So if you have him as your third running back, I think you're sitting pretty to be honest. So maybe he's not everybody's desired RB two. And look, a lot of times we draft our teams and then we make trades we make pickups and our end team is like way better than our initially drafted team. Right. So then we think, oh, we want our team to look like the way it looks like at the end of the year where maybe it looks stacked because you made a huge pickup and you made a big trade and now your team looks stacked. But you got to think about that. Uh, think about it as this is the just the team you drafted and you can make moves from that point on and, and improve it that way. So I'm just saying if you can improve those other positions, I'm OK with Dima as as an RB2. Uh, anything else that stands out to you in this 11 through 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really i really think you put clyde edwards hilaire way too high the ceiling <laughs> on that team is just too uh, he didn't even show me anything that i loved and maybe it's just the the um the game that the chiefs run but i just don't i don't see how he's gonna be a sexy pick like wh- what's his upside what what's he gonna do that he couldn't have done last year you know i just don't know that team was a super bowl they they could have won the Super Bowl. They were in the game, but what did he do? He, I, I don't like it personally. It nothing changes my mind about that. No, I, I understand and trust me. I was burned last year by the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hype, and so I should put him lower. But I think he, everybody had these huge expectations for him as this like league-winning rookie RB one status. Like 
I took him in the sixth pick overall, which was stupid last year, but a lot of people did that. A so, lot of professional, you know, fantasy analysts did the same thing. And I just think, okay, he was he's not that. He's not Kareem Hunt rookie year on the Chiefs. I think that's what everybody was expecting. And okay, if he's not that, then what is he? To me, he again. And I talked about Dave Montgomery because I know Dave Montgomery is going to get this workload, these 240 carries at least. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's not going to get that big of a workload. But he they're going to score 30 points a game no matter what. And it's going to come from different pieces. Yes, a lot of it just comes from 50-yard touchdowns to Tyree Kill or little shovel passes to um, Kelsey in the end zone when you have a running back – you know, who, who can punch it in. I mean, I know Clyde actually struggled in the red zone a lot last year with red zone carries, but I just think that because their offense is so potent and he's the starting running back, it's year two back in the league. They get a preseason. They get to be with their teammates in the, before the season starts, all this stuff. I think, okay, he's, he has a year of comfortability. I, he, he was good last year. He wasn't terrible. Like he, if, if, for example, if Javante Williams ends up having the year that Clyde had last year, people who draft Javante Williams are going to be pretty happy with that. But the expectations are lower for Javante Williams. So for me, I think Clyde is definitely – I feel comfortable with him as an RB2. And if you look at this range, you and I mostly play in 10-team leagues. Okay, a lot of you know the industry plays in 12-team leagues. So I have him as an RB2, and I'm okay with that. I, I would not feel – super super happy with him as my rb1 um not not at all if he's my rb1 i might as well just quit i better yeah. have i better have cmc cook and Devonte adams with patrick mahomes that's i mean that's <laughs> crazy talk but uh, i gotta draft a running back before him in my opinion he doesn't he he for me falls out of the top 20 uh, you haven't seen him on my list but i i just don't like the upside that the Chiefs bring yeah. to a running back. It doesn't. No, I know what you mean. What I, I get it, and I am cautious about that. But I also, I think, I think there's a sliver of a chance that he does, he can be an RB one because he's on this team. But I would never draft him as my RB. That's his ceiling, and I would never and uh, draft him at his ceiling. Or you shouldn't draft any player at their ceiling except Christian McCaffrey. But. Uh, I yeah I think I'm cool with him as my RB two. Uh, same thing with Montgomery, and obviously these eleven through twenty guys are RB twos by our ranks. Um, the the thing is for me, it's like he's not. I'm not happy if he's my RB two, but I'm ecstatic if he's my RB three. It's just so in between for me on that on that aspect. So yeah, uh, I'm probably an outlier, but that's just my sentiment towards him. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead. Let's run down our. Um, 21 through 32 real quick and then we'll uh mention anything that we must and we'll get out of here all right so 21 i got josh jacobs it saddens me to put him this low but bringing in drake doesn't help anything and not to mention he didn't have great second year after that i'm going to tell you my golden ticket and that's Edmonds. that's that's the one i think is going to win some leagues I think the wheels have fell off for James Conner. He just been through too much, and it's more of like a safety blanket. Oh. But Edmonds is taking over, in my opinion. Not the only reason I have him that low is because Kyler Murray. It's just a limited running yeah. back option. No, so. I was actually showing my 
list. This is your list. <laughs> but um, I think you were listing your list correctly. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I got 23 Joe Mixon, which I know everyone has a much higher, but I, I will never touch Joe Mixon. He didn't play great. He didn't wow, play at all. 23. He, he was wow. supposed to come, he was supposed to come back every week for 10 weeks and he never came. I, I don't want to touch it. That they not only drafted another wide receiver and Burrow threw for 60 times a game. I don't want him at all on my team. I'll draft him if he falls to me for trade bait, but I will not want him on my team. And then after that, 24 Clyde, similar reasons I already mentioned. Uh, and then 25, it hurts to put him this low, but uh, Kareem Hunt, it's just the crowded backfield and Chubb is the man. But if you get if you get Hunt as your RB3, great. And then Mike Davis, if you told me Mike Davis doesn't play uh, that many games and it's not happening, I would believe you. But he's just the only guy there. Like, I don't think anyone's taking work from him. Uh, 27, uh, Melvin Gordon. I, I think he's a great talent. I think he's underappreciated. He did really good last year. I don't care that a rookie running back was drafted. Uh, I don't think it's going to be for this year immediately. So I still want Melvin Gordon on my team for value. And 28, I really thought about it, and you made great points. So I got to put Mostert at 28 and Sermon at 29. I think they go hand in hand, but I'm not reaching on any of them. When yeah. Mostert plays, Mostert plays. When he doesn't, Sermon's the guy. So it's hard to put him apart. And then 30, which contrasts uh, a lot to you. I think I have Etienne. You have him higher. But uh, if I believe in Robinson, then I have to drop Etienne that low. So that's my only That makes sense. That. Yeah. And then 31, I wish he was higher. But Damian Harris, he's it's just the Patriots. Uh, he's going to be good. You're not going to be happy. He's going to – I think he's what we think da David Montgomery is. You know what I mean? He's that like, all right, go get me 12 points PPR and have a yeah, good flex play. Yeah, you know? I see what you're saying, yeah. And then lastly, uh, Rojo, if if Ronald Jones finishes top 15, I won't be surprised, but I cannot predict that team. I'd rather just stay away from it. Yeah, but it's hard you, to predict. If you want to reach for him, I think you shouldn't. But if you do, I, I wouldn't be surprised. So he rounds off 32. And uh, I want to throw out, I wish Akers, he would have been fringe top 10 for me. Yeah. Shout out to Jamal Williams, JD McKissick, all those catchbacks. They just they just have to be flex options. I can't draft them higher than these guys strictly based off workload. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. And like I I get your rankings make sense, especially like knowing you and stuff. Uh nothing crazy except the mixing in 23. But I think that's not you saying like if I think if you were guaranteed mixing is 100 percent gonna be healthy, he's never gonna get hurt, he's gonna play every game. I think you would rank him higher, but I'd probably put him top 14. Yeah. So I think there is a little bit of worry there and I, I agree with you. I stay away from him. Like, I, like you said, I'll draft him if I have to, uh, or if he falls to me. And if it's at that point, if it's stupid to pass on him, but I, it's hard for me to take him and, and trust him as like, even a lot of people I I seen, uh, I've watched a lot of like other podcasts do mock drafts and a lot of people take him as their RB one. Like they take him in the second round and he's their Like they take Devonte Adams and then they take Joe Mixon and they're like, I love this team. And I'm like, good luck when Joe Mixon gets her injured again. <laughs> like, what are you going to do if he's your RB one? And that's pretty tough. Um, so, so I don't blame you there. And I mean, I still have him high, but I'm basically, I ranked him in like his hoping he stays healthy all year. Um, crazy. We both have Josh Jacobs at number 21, which is, yeah, really pretty interesting. To see that. Um, I have Cream Hunt at number 22. 
I have Travis Etienne at number 23, Javante Williams at number 24, Trey Sermon at 25, Leonard Fournette at 26, Kenyon Drake at 27, um, and then I got Edmonds, 28, and then it goes Gaskin, Mike Davis, Damian Harris, and Ronald Jones. Crazy. Some of our uh, ranks match completely up. What, what do you got for me, man? I don't understand your belief in Javante over Gordon. What has Gordon done to like make you think that he's going to lose his job that easily? And then I don't understand why Kenyon Drake, who's going to be a backup to Josh Jacobs, uh, falls ahead of Chase Edmonds, who is playing ahead of James Conner. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope you draft this yeah. for my preference, but I know there's a reason behind the rank. Yeah, so... As far as Javante Williams, I kind of talked about it earlier. Like, I just think that um, to start the year, Melvin Gordon is going to be the starter. But I think that we're going to slowly see Javante Williams just break off a few amazing plays. And he's going to be too good for them to sit him, is what I think. And I just think he's going to he's going to visually look like the better running back compared to Melvin Gordon. And I think by the time you know, you get to week six or something, we're going to see him take over that role. And that's just a prediction on my part. It's just a gut call. I, that could be completely wrong. We could never, like, we could barely see him this year for all I know. But that's just a, a gut call in my opinion. And look, Kenyon Drake, I think people are sleeping on Kenyon Drake. And you normally were vice versa. And you usually like Drake when he's the guy, when he's supposed to be the starting running back. But I look at Drake, first of all, the Raiders – they have a very narrow pecking order as far as like touches in their offense, right? It's it's Waller is the number one target, and then Josh Jacobs gets the carries, and then you got like Hunter Renfro as the third best option on the team. I really think that other than Josh Jacobs being the bruiser and getting the touchdowns, like I think honestly, Kenyon Drake could be the second highest targeted player on this team and i don't even like i don't even think that's a joke i think after waller and they've talked about using Kenyon drake as like kind of like jack of all trades he's he's lines up as a receiver he can run the ball and i just think Kenyon drake is a lesser version of kareem hunt i think this is i think josh jacobs and drake are the poor man's version of kareem hunt and nick chubb like and i think it's going to play out a little bit similarly um, to the way we see those guys play. So that's kind of why I have him there. And I look, I like Chase Edmonds a lot. I think he's a very talented player, but I think he's like, I think he's more like, I think they're going to try to make James Conner the runner and the goal line guy if he stays healthy. And I think Chase Edmonds is going to go back to a similar role like he was with Drake and with David Johnson there. So that's kind of why I have him a little bit lower there. I hear you. I don't want to change your mind because I want to draft him. But let's run through the logic here. Uh, no matter who the running back is, the goal line is going to come to Kyler Murray. He's just going to get those runs because that's his dynamic. No, that's fair. That's so, fair. So why would I bring in James Conner to take the goal line work when I got Kyle Murray? Second of all, when I saw Chase Edmonds play last year, he was a way better runner than Drake. And yeah. James Conner sucked last year when he played. Like, it was bad. No, that's so true. I have no idea why James Conner would steal anything from the guy. Chase is a great pass-catching back who's now in the starting role. 
And I don't care about the goal line because I never considered the goal line with Kyler Murray as my quarterback. That's the only reason I, I have I have a he's like my lottery ticket this year. He's the one I think that if you can get Chase Edmonds as a RB three, hallelujah! Like that is great, you know. So that that's my understanding towards. Yeah, Edmonds and I, look, I had been a big big Chase Edmonds fan. Um, we're couple of us are in like this keeper league where we keep six players and I was, I have Chase Edmonds on that roster, but I'm not going to keep him. But just, I was hoping like, I thought Drake's out. Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy. And like, I didn't think they were going to bring in, like, I think James yeah. Conner being there is something, right? It's not like yeah. they brought in, like if they brought in Malcolm Brown, I wouldn't be too worried. Right. But they bring in a guy who I still think has a little bit left in the tank. So I do think that hurt a little bit, but you know, I used to I had Chase Adams as a potential like six keeper, which means he would go in like the top six rounds of a draft. You know, so uh, I really, really like his talent. I just I don't think the Cardinals look at Chase Evans like we do, to be honest. Like I don't think they treat him like as we as talented as we think he is, to be honest. So yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, unless we got any other uh, major discrepancies to point out, I think we could go ahead and wrap it up here, man. Nah, I think uh, it's good because if we had the other guys on, I think we'd see five completely different lists from like oh, seven down. Yeah. It's really crazy. I think this year it's very top heavy, and then the middle is very even all the way down to thirty, almost like almost yeah, twenty five. Like we were talking about the depth. Like there's like how do there's honestly there's like at least ten guys. I can't believe I didn't rank. So yeah. knowing that, I wish we would have done a top forty or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. It gets really. Uh, I like it. I'm, I'm and happy even like and wide receivers even deeper. So I think we're gonna do that's gonna be our episode next week. We're gonna do wide receivers. Um, we'll try to get Justin on here because of our group, we call Justin the wide receiver guru. So we will go ahead and we'll try to get him on. And we're definitely gonna do a top forty uh, wide receiver list because that the depth is insane there. Thank you for joining me today, Justin. Uh, again, I'm your host Jacob Bartley. Don't forget to follow us on. Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff at First Round Fantasy. And please subscribe to our podcast. We're going to be doing it weekly for now. And then once the season comes around, we're going to be putting out uh, multiple videos a week. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks again. And we will see you guys next time. Peace.